Hello, this is R.J. Deacon, reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Gundy v. United States, Certiorari to United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, argued October 2, 2018, decided June 20, 2019. Congress has sought, for the past quarter century, to combat sex crimes and crimes against children through sex offender registration schemes. The Sex Offender Registration and Notification Act, SORNA, makes more uniform and effective the prior patchwork of registration systems. Reynolds versus United States. To that end, it requires a broader range of sex offenders to register and backs up those requirements with criminal penalties. Section 20913 elaborates the initial registration requirements for sex offenders. 34 U.S.C. Sections 20913B and D. Subsection B sets out the general rule, an offender must register before completing a sentence of imprisonment with respect to the offense giving rise to the registration requirement. Section 20913B. Subsection D addresses the initial registration of sex offenders unable to comply with subsection B. The provision states that, for individuals convicted of a sex offense before SORNA's enactment, pre-act offenders, the Attorney General shall have the authority to specify the applicability of SORNA's registration requirements and to prescribe rules for their registration, Section 20913D. Under that delegated authority, the Attorney General issued a rule specifying that SORNA's registration requirements apply in full to pre-act offenders. Petitioner Herman Gundy, a pre-act offender, was convicted of failing to register. Both the District Court and the Second Circuit rejected his claim that Congress unconstitutionally delegated legislative power when it authorized the Attorney General to specify the applicability of SORNA's registration requirements to pre-act offenders. Supreme Court held that judgment is affirmed and Justice Kagan delivered the opinion of the court. Justice Kagan, joined by Justice Ginsburg and Justice Breyer and Justice Sotomayor, concluded that Section 20913D does not violate the non-delegation doctrine. Article 1 of the Constitution provides that all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States. Section 1, based on that provision, this Court explained early on that Congress may not transfer to another branch powers which are strictly and exclusively legislative, Wayman versus, versus Southard. But Congress may confer substantial discretion on executive agencies to implement and enforce the laws. Accordingly, the court has held time and time again that a statutory delegation is constitutional as long as Congress lays down by, lays down by legislative act an intelligible principle to which the person or body authorized to exercise that authority is directed to conform. Mistretta versus United States. Given that standard, a non-delegation inquiry always begins and of often almost ends with statutory interpretation. Only after a court has determined a challenge statute's meaning can it decide whether the law sufficiently guides executive discretion to accord with Article 1. This court has already interpreted 20913D 
to require the Attorney General to apply SORNA to all pre-act offenders as soon as feasible. In Reynolds v. United States, the court held that SORNA's registration requirements did not apply of their own force to pre-act offenders. But in doing so, it made clear how far SORNAs limited the Attorney General's authority and thereby effectively resolved this case. The court started from the premise that Congress meant for SORNA's registration requirements to apply to pre-act offenders. Based on the act's statutory purpose, its definition of sex offender, and its history. But the court found that Congress had conditioned pre-act offenders' duty to register on a prior ruling from the Attorney General because instantaneous registration of pre-act offenders might not prove feasible. SORNA, the majority explained, created a practical problem because it would require newly registering or re-registering a large number of pre-act offenders. In addition, many pre-act offenders were already out of prison and could not comply with the requirement that they, were, that they register before completing their sentences. Congress therefore asked the Department of Justice, charged with responsibility for implementation, to examine the issues and to apply the new registration requirements accordingly. On that understanding, the Attorney General's role under Section 20913D was important but limited. It was to apply to SORNA to pre-act offenders as soon as he thought it was feasible to do so. Gundy claims that Section 20913D empowers the Attorney General to do whatever he wants as a pre-act, to pre-act offenders, including exempting them from registration forever. He bases that argument on the first half of Section 20913D, isolated from everything else. But this court has long refused to construe words in a vacuum as Gundy attempts. Davis versus Michigan Department of Treasury is the reference there. Rather, the court interprets statutory provisions, including delegations, by reading the text in context and in light of the statutory purpose. That's National Broadcasting Corporation versus United States. Applying that approach here, it is clear that Section 20913D requires the Attorney General to register pre-act offenders as soon as feasible. In SORNA's statement of purpose, Congress announced that to protect the public, it was establishing a comprehensive national system for the registration of sex offenders, section 20901. The term comprehensive means all-encompassing or sweeping. That description could not fit the system SORNA created if the Attorney General could decline, for any reason or no reason at all, to apply SORNA to all pre-act offenders. The Act's definition of sex offender makes the same point. Under that definition, a sex offender is an individual who was convicted of a sex crime. Sex offense is what it says, sorry. Section 20911, Part 1, Congress's use of the past tense shows that SORNA was not merely forward-looking and confirms that the delegation allows only temporarily temporary exclusions. The Act's legislative history backs that all up by showing that the need to register pre-act offenders was front and center in Congress's thinking. The text and title of 20913D then pinpoint one of the practical problems discussed above. At the moment of SORNA's enactment, 
many pre-act offenders were unable to comply with the act's initial registration requirements, Section 20913D. In identifying that issue, Section 20913D itself reveals the nature of the delegation to the Attorney General. It was to give him the time needed, if any, to address the various implementation issues involved in getting pre-act offenders into the registration system. Thus, contrary to Gundy, specify the applicability does not mean specify whether to apply SORNA to pre-act offenders at all. The phrase instead means specify how to apply SORNA to pre-act offenders. If transitional difficulties require some delay, and no attorney general has used Section 20913D in any more expansive way. Section 20913D's delegation therefore falls well within constitutional bounds. As noted, a delegation is constitutional so long as Congress sets out an intelligible principle to guide the delegee's exercise of authority. The standards for that purpose are not demanding. See Whitman versus American Trucking Associations. Only twice in this country's history has the court found a delegation excessive. In each case, because Congress had failed to articulate any policy or standard to confine discretion. That's uh, Mistrella. And also see ALA Schlechter Poultry Corporation versus United States and Panama Refining Corporation versus Ryan. By contrast, the court has over and over upheld even very broad delegations. See National Broadcasting Corporation versus the United States. In that context, the delegation and SORNA easily passes muster. The authority, Section 2913D, confers as compared to the delegations the court has upheld in the past, is distinctly small bore. Indeed, if SORNA's delegation is unconstitutional, then most of government is unconstitutional, dependent, as Congress is, on the need to give discretion to executive officials to implement its programs. Justice Alito concluded that he cannot say that the statute at issue lacks an adequately discernible standard under the non-delegation approach the court has taken for the past 84 years, but would reconsider that approach in an appropriate case. Justice Kagan announced the judgment of the court and delivered an opinion in which Justices Ginsburg, Breyer, and Sotomayor joined. Justice Alito filed an opinion concurring in the judgment. Justice Gorsuch filed a dissenting opinion in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Thomas and, er, and Justice Thomas joined. Justice Kavanaugh took no part in the consideration or decision of this case. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, we can be reached at RhodesScholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and 8-0. Or on Twitter at Court Syllabus.